0: The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v It's one of
2: those idiots who believe in analytics.
3: It is a numbers game here on v Sin. Happy to be with you on the first Tuesday of the month of June here in 2022. I'm Jeff Parles. Back on the saddle in for Gil these next few days. Happy to be with you. A lot going on in the midst of an NBA Finals. We have a team finally into the Stanley Cup final. I guess not finally. Took four games for Colorado to dispatch of Edmonton, uh, awaiting now the winner of Tampa and New York. Game four tonight. We'll get to that a little later. A lot going on in baseball markets, as you see on our show today. Drew Dinsick's coming up momentarily. Mark Borchard will have plenty of baseball with him, including the very jumbled Cy Young races in both leagues. And then our guy Danny Burke, who hosts Ross shower and the Chicago city cast with us in the second hour of the program. But let, let's, let's go to the deep dive. Let's get a deep dive with a guy who is on the deep dive podcast and also with NBC sports edge as well. Our guy, Drew Dinsick drew good morning.
4: Hey Jeff, how's everybody doing this morning?
3: I, I'm good. I, I'm fresh off of, of nine days away. So uh, if it oh, takes me, nice. if, if it takes me a few a few minutes to get my bearings, uh, I, I apologize. I'm just uh Trying to get back from uh, 75 degrees in Chicago to about, 100, about 110 <laughs> later today here. <Eric. laughs>
4: Well, you didn't miss much while you were away. As no, expected. nothing. I- 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 Iga Shiantek, uh, your French Open champion. Uh, I think we can all uh, give her a round of applause. Don't know anyone who is an associated, you know, anyone who is associated with the numbers game didn't have some rooting interest, uh, financially or otherwise, to see Iga w- win that title. Uh, the queen of clay, you know, returns to the uh, the rightful uh, rightful throne. Um, and then, uh, yeah, wow, Rafa Nadal shocks the world, wins the men's side. Uh, did you catch any of that?
3: Ah oh, yeah, we we uh we, I will say I was in newer jurisdictions the entire time. That final with Rafa against Rude was a uh, was a <laughs> nice little cash cow. Let's just say that once it was apparent that uh, Rude uh, had decided that uh, ah, this is enough for me, let's just be on with the coronation. But uh, but Drew, uh, I- come on, Ega's not that good. She dropped the set. What, what are we doing here?
4: Yeah, man, and it's funny that that's like kind of a sore spot. Honestly, (laughs) I had six to one uh, that she would win the title without dropping a set, and I was uh, I was kind of annoyed because that one set that she lost. She was up five, two uh, in games. And then she was up five, two in the tie break. Um, but I guess the, uh, you know, the real takeaway from that and, and really the rest, the rest of the women's tour did not acquit themselves very well. This French open, there were very, very, very few positive stories you can write about, um, you know, the form of some of the players, particularly the players who were at the top of the tour names, you know, um, you know, it was a who's who of out of form, you know, just does not look like they're going to be competing much this summer. Uh, Coco golf was maybe one of the a few positive you know standouts we have a new us kind of breakout player which is cool uh her best surface though is clay and i don't know that we'll see as much success from her once we get uh, on to grass and then f- you know further on to the u.s hard court swing so um yeah this is Ega's tour now i think everybody kind of you know understands that and um you know market reacting pretty violently making her a overwhelming favorite for wimbledon which is um which is bullish i have to say she's got 12 grass you know matches in her life as a pro uh several of those were qualifying for uh tournaments so she really you know very few ma- you know um you know main tour uh main level matches which is um you know something that tends to level the playing field um when you go you know be, you know grass tennis is is a, is, a, is a learned skill in my opinion, it's not something that you're just, uh, you know, kind of able to pick up on the fly. Um, and, you know, Ega's obviously got the tools, got, this, got the talent to learn on the fly. Um, and she may pick up a couple grass titles, continue this winning streak uh, into the grass season. But uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more wide open tournament than the bookmakers currently expect.
3: Ega right now at Ben MGM's plus 160 all the way down to plus 160. Wow. Uh, wow, Osaka's wow, wow. the second favorite at 8 to 1 everyone else 11 to 1 or longer. Yeah, that's well, wouldn't shock me obviously Ega wins, but plus 160 that is. That is short. We'll just we'll just go with that uh on that one there Drew. And and then on the men's side like like you said, the King of Clay does it again despite looking like he's barely even barely able to move with that foot injury. And yet Drew, here here we are. We don't even know if Rafa Nadal's even going to play in, in Wimbledon. And he technically is halfway to the Grand Slam here in 2022.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, I will still kind of contend that I doubt we see much more of him in 2022. I feel like, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it, it's a, it's a two. There's, there's two clear feelings here. One is it feels like, you know, dude just won seven best of five matches on clay in two weeks, like how hurt could he really have been? Um, but then, you know, you, you watch a little bit more closely and you read between the lines and some of the stuff he's saying in his press conference, like he's pretty clearly struggling with like decision making about how much more of, uh, of this he's willing to put his body through. And, um, you know, some of the stuff he said about his foot was pretty extreme, even in the, uh, the glow of just winning a title. Um, so I would be, absolutely blown away. If we see him play at Wimbledon or play on grass, this is his least favorite of the, you know, the, the various surfaces anyway, um, doesn't really play to his strengths. And, um, usually he's, he's a kind of a, a question mark to play on grass because of his knees, not his uh-huh. foot. Uh, and I think, uh, just the, the added, uh, issues, uh, physically that he's going to be going through and, you know, whatever kind of surgery or uh procedure he's going to need to get himself uh right i think is going to take him out of contention for grass and frankly if we don't see him even at the u.s open i won't be surprised that you know it, it this seems like uh um something that if he decides that he needs to have some meaningful surgery we might not see him again until 2023
3: djokovic right now your favorite odds on at ben mGM minus 115 to win wimbledon and then alcaraz a plus 450 If you want to take a shot on Rafa, we would not recommend that. Six to one, way too short, even if he wasn't hurting right now uh, on Wimbledon. Drew, uh, let's let's shift over to the NBA. I know you talked with JVT on this program a little bit yesterday, but this whole series so far for me, through two games, it's been two quarters that have basically made the impact so far for me. Fourth quarter in game one, obviously, where Boston decided not to miss. And game three on Sunday night and where the Warriors put that game on ice. And that was that right now for tomorrow, we're looking at Boston laying three and a half at home in this one. I I, drew, I I really have no sense from a side perspective on what to do in this series other than maybe just blindly taking points all the way through since we're going to begin this three and a half, four pocket regardless of who has home court.
4: That's not a crazy strategy. Um, I think we've learned a couple of things over the balance of the, uh, the last couple of playoff rounds for the Celtics and it's that home court advantage has been a little bit overemphasized by the market. Um, And so if you're just going to take the dog and say, Hey, look, all of these games are a coin flip. I don't mind having points in my pocket. Uh, I don't think that's a crazy strategy. Um, I do think that um, in general, a lot of the failings of Boston in the second half of game two, Seemed to be telegraphed. I thought, um, you know, and this is again coming from a Boston backer. I was, uh, um, you know, I was somewhat, I was cautiously optimistic that they could repeat the success from game one and come home up up to zero. That would have been a dream obviously, but, uh, it was not to be, and it felt like you could see it coming to a degree because I thought in the first half of that game, um, they got away with a lot of very lucky stuff. Whereas, you know, yeah. A lot was made of the Draymond Green comments post game one. He was basically calling out Boston for being lucky, and that was nonsense because you go look at the shot quality, and they were getting just absolutely wide open looks from three, and they were burying them. And not just were they getting the wide open looks, but they were sh- good shooters, getting looks where they like to take their shots. And so it was a perfect storm of just offensive efficiency explosion for the Celtics. And, you know, so the onus was on golden state to come up with adjustments in game two, to prevent them from getting those high quality looks. And I thought in the first half that golden state did a very nice job of chasing shooters off their spots and, you know, contesting three point looks in a way that, um, you know, the, the Celtics really were, um, you know, particularly in that second quarter, uh, you know, their offense kind of got a little stuck in mud and, it felt like they got somewhat lucky shots to go down in the first half and didn't really feel much of a need to deploy any of their adjustments at halftime before coming out in, uh, in the second half there. And then, you know, the Golden State third quarter barrage, uh, which is now becoming something you can set your watch to, Um, you know, they just had no answer because they didn't adjust their offensive approach at all. And then, you know, taking contested threes turned into taking contested twos, uh, and, you know, they had no answer whatsoever, uh, even to close that third quarter run. And, uh, you know, they, they put the bench in for, for the fourth quarter. And I thought, you know, I thought in general, um, a lot of that, you know, was somewhat of a coaching question mark like why didn't the coaches uh come up with a better way a better approach uh in the second half there and um i think ultimately it's fine that they kept some stuff in their pocket you don't want to show all of your cards too early in a series and give your opponent the opportunity to kind of see everything you've got uh and come up with countermeasures um and but but this game three now is a very important time to deploy those adjustments and to uh you know really ask some hard questions of the warriors and i think as i look across the handful of series we've had from the celtics particularly uh... the Bucks series The Celtics were able to come up with some key, key, key adjustments every time that they were back against the wall in that series. They lose game one by getting out physical. They came out in game two with a completely fresh approach that completely caught the bucks by surprise. um, And that was one way traffic. Um, They lose game five at home. They go to game six in Milwaukee. And again, the adjustments that they had going into game six were just awesome. Um, And I think realistically, this is a, a squad and a team. Uh, and a coaching staff that I have enough faith in that they're going to find the answers to uh, to get right in this series and and put Game Three in the win column for them. So, you know, I think realistically the adjustments that are available at hand should be enough to get involved with the Celtics here at minus three and a half. Uh, if not, to just focus on the first half for the Celtics in this one. But um, I like their lo- I like their chances in Game Three.
3: So far, at every turn, this postseason, Ime Udoka has figured it out. Game Three tomorrow night. Against the Warriors, Drew. Hang on, we'll, we'll we'll continue the discussion on Game Three and the rest of this NBA Finals, and maybe throw in a little bit of football as well. That's coming up next: the numbers game here on V Cin.
1: The
4: numbers game with Gil
3: Alexander on VCEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit MGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on v Sin. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be back with you after a week away. Nice uh, nice little break from things. Gil's a... Uh, He's out this week. He'll be back next week. But with us right now, are are always our first two segments on Tuesday, our guy Drew Dinsick with us right now. Drew, uh just one one more thing on these finals here, because just looking at series prices now and other mark other derivative markets that can be bet here. Are we at the point already? I know it's only been two games, but are we at the point already where if you think Golden State is going to win this series? you take Steph to win the MVP at a little bit of a better price and then on the Boston side you just take Tatum at a plus 135 plus 140 price instead of laying the dollar 5 with Boston are we at that point
4: Part one, 100% yes. Part two, I got a strong disagree for you. Okay. (laughs) uh, uh, This is Steph Curry's to lose if the Warriors win. Um, He has been so clearly clearly the best and most important part of that team uh, through two games. It is not especially close and I don't see anything changing from here. And he is playing all his offenses clicking on all cylinders. He is performing at a level uh, that we really didn't even see from him. I didn't think much in the regular season, except for maybe like a first month. Um, and yeah, is he's, you know, the narrative is there to support him even beyond the fact that he would be the rightful choice if the warriors, win. Um, the flip side, I could not say is the case. Uh, I have been very unimpressed by Jason Tatum so far and what he's done for the Celtics. Um, You know, if you just look at stat line and just kind of a crude, um, you know, uh, just a crude stats, like there was, there was an effort to really kind of gloss his game one performance, even though he didn't score points, he had all these assists and everybody was just falling all over themselves. What a great facilitator he was. His game one performance was pretty unimpressive by my numbers. I was. Uh, quite, quite disappointed with some of his decision-making in that game. And I really thought that the, you know, the supporting cast was, you know, the true stars of game one. Uh, And then in game two, even though he was their top scorer, he was, absolutely brutal on the defensive end. It does not feel like he is pulling his weight in terms of his defensive assignments in this series so far. And then some of his shot selection uh, and some of his decision-making, particularly when the going got tough for the Celtics, I was wildly unimpressed by. So if the Celtics ultimately win this, you know, and realistically, one of the reasons I think there is still room here to back a Celtics out of three and a half or to uh, back a Celtics on a series price is because we should get something better from Tatum than we've gotten through two games. Um, You know, I, I think if I had to give him a grade to this point in the series, it's probably a C minus. And if he can elevate his play to, you know, his, his, you know, at least his average, if not a little better than his average, uh, then I think the Celtics are going to be extremely tough to beat Um, that all that said. Uh, the door is wide open for anyone else to really make their mark on this series and steal the MVP from him for the Celtics Jalen Brown's at the top of the list correctly, just because, um, you know, he seems to have the most juice of all of the other, uh, guys on the floor for them. Um, but you know, even a guy like Derek white could steal this still, like he's playing extremely well. He has been a huge role player for them coming off the bench. Um, and it would be wild for a six man to get an MV, you know, a a finals MVP surely, but um, Um, I do think it is wide open for someone to take this from him considering the quality of play we've seen now, there might be enough of a, kind of a you know tailwind for him in terms of people wanting to anoint him the next guy that he wins ultimately you know by default if the Celtics win and and I get that but I think you're better off betting this I, I mean I think there is more than the difference in win probability there which is something like what six percent something like that there's more of a difference between the Celtics winning the series price and Tatum winning the MVP price that I think you have to stick to Celtics if you are feeling confident in the Celtics getting it done. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, the, Steph, the Steph conversation, that 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 is a wrap now. Two games in, that's done.
3: There are some juicy prices on Celtics right now. There are some juicy yeah. prices. You got plus 750 on Brown, like you said. Al Horford, after that absurd performance in game one, did nothing in game two, but is still 40 to one. Smart at 50 to one, and then Derek White's all the way down the board at 200 to one right now for the other Celtics. Robert Williams also listed at 501, but he's probably not not in the mix like the others we mentioned there. Drew, I want to shift off this because the biggest story this morning in the sports world is the new LIV golf tour, the the Saudi Arabian back golf tour. Greg Norman, of course, running things there and seeing a bunch of resignations from the PGA Tour. The biggest name today, of course, Dustin Johnson, who we saw last week, announced in the field, uh, resignate, uh, resigns from the PGA Tour. Really, a few of these players doing this to avoid penalty from playing in the majors, really, more than anything. This is their attempted get-around on that. But, but, Drew, just just big picture here, betting-wise, golf-wise in general, every way, way you want to take this here, what do we do with this? And what do we take with the information? <laughs> and what do we take with the guys who are just leaving tour? How does this impact handicaps as well?
4: Yeah, I think ultimately this is a short-term nothing burger, uh, but a long-term question for the PGA Tour and how they ultimately respond to this. Because I say short-term nothing burger because the the guys who left, I don't think were realistically taking much out of the wind pot uh, of a general average tour event uh, on a week by week basis. Um, I don't think the viewers are going to find, you know, you are, oh well, Dustin's not playing this week. I'm not going to watch, you know, the 3M or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I, I don't see that rationally uh, coming to fruition this year. Um, now, long term, they did they did scoop and provide financial support to a lot of up and comers. Uh, and basically are kind of picking the pocket of the future of the PGA in terms of um, guys who break out and become you know the, the, the backbone of the tour. Um, and you know if you if you uh, if they had say, Say they had sniped a Colin Morikawa and a Will Zalatoris and um, you know a, a number of like the young guys who have broken out recently. If they had taken them two years ago, and those guys don't ever play any tour events, um, then the quality of the PGA Tour starts to become a huge question mark. Uh, and you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to really see um, you know super consolidated. Um, golf tournaments where you have one or two true contenders and everybody else there is just kind of running. Um, And that's what the live event feels like, at least at this point. It's just, there's not a a deep enough pool of, you know, top end talent that, that I think uh, people are going to be, you know, finding that as much watch viewing content. And uh, you know, the odds that we're seeing for those fields with the small field, especially, um, you know, doesn't really look like the most entertaining golf in the world, frankly um, on top of the fact that supporting that as a product is you know getting involved with a, a pretty horrific uh, you know social experiment um, And so I think ultimately the live you know the live golf itself, is not something that I could see myself ever being super excited to watch or participate in from a betting standpoint or anything like that. Um, and I worry a bit that this uh, will start to dilute the quality of the PGA Tour uh, down the road if the uh, if this live thing survives and if it's still a thing in three years and uh, all of these guys who are coming in at the low, you know, at the, at the bottom at the lowest rung uh if they never make make it on tour and uh you know really make an impact then um yeah the quality is going to be a problem in a couple of years um and it may that that may be an, o- an overstatement that may never come to fruition um you know the in general it's not like the european tour existing at the same time as the pga tour has made the pga tour events less watchable um but um, you know but certainly um you know, this is going to put some pressure on the PGA to fix their business model, to fix the way that they compensate the players. Um, and, uh, you know, the numbers being thrown around about compensation for some of these top line guys very realistically could attract more. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is sort of wave one of uh, of defections. Um, and there's kind of nothing the PGA can do about it in terms of, you know, putting pressure on players to stick around other than, uh, you know, basically peer pressure, Um, you know, so I don't, I don't expect there to be real penalties for any of these players, uh, you know, as far as not being able to compete in the majors. And um, you know, this is, uh, this is just going to kind of create a mess in golf uh, for for the next year, at least.
3: No. And it's interesting because you look at the mix of players here, you have the guys like the Hazens of the world. really, we can throw Phil in there as well. Guys who were past winning on the PGA tour who were just trying to, play golf and make a lot of money. And then like the guy like DJ is really the one that's surprising. Someone who week in and week out still competing. Uh, but again, it's fascinating. A little Brady cannon in tomorrow to go into this a little bit further. Cause that first tournament is on Thursday, starting in London, drew Dinsick, of course on the tweets at whale underscore capper, always check out his great work at NBC sports edge. Drew pleasure. As always buddy.
4: Hey, good job, Jeff. Enjoy the show.
3: There we go. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll bump knuckles, uh, Across, uh, across the Skype-verse there. We're going back to the NBA Finals next on a numbers game.
4: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: The VSIN summer special is here, and just $39 will get you everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including. Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, of course, was to initiate the program yesterday. As always, JVT does great work on the NBA all the way through these possible five remaining games of the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Final. We know one of the teams in the final now. With lots of preseason coverage on the NFL as well. Not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. You want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email? Every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. Cost is just 39 American dollars be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, VEASAN.com slash summer. Happy to be with you here on a Tuesday morning. I'm Jeff Barles, Mr. Vegas himself, Brian Ortega, in my chair today. Happy to, have, happy to have Brian. Look at that. Even
2: Brian, even Brian even knows how to use the mic. Better, oh, it, it, it's, it's, it's very complicated, but I got it. You got it. I'm, I'm proud
3: of you, buddy, but it's good that Brian here as well. It, it is, it is good to be. It is good to be back. It is good to be back. I, I, I will say this before we get into some NBA finals chatter. And I, and I'm going to ask Vinny about this on Friday when he's in with us. And we we say this of course after Gil did a tremendous job talking with our guy James Salinas about the really just the, the the unprofessionalism in Colorado from Barstool and the gaming control board not even let's just call it what it is not even attempting when it was all said and done to uh to do what needed to be done there. But the, the betting between what we have, like, hypothetically behind me and other places, other, all the books in Nevada, as opposed to every new jurisdiction, we're dealing with two different time periods. Now, I'm not saying the new jurisdictions are perfect. They're far from it. We know that. But it is, it is, it is quite the change going from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, to here. Now, again, I there's trade offs, as we know. We've discussed that plenty, the trade-offs. But it is it, it is real it, it is really jarring. It is really jarring. And I understand why some people get in the car and drive the 35 minutes to Arizona from here. Completely understand it. It makes a lot of sense. Just a lot more markets you can take advantage of. Just the way it is at this point. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens over the next uh the next year plus. But what has happened since Legalization everywhere else here in Nevada.
2: I wouldn't hold my breath. I'm not going to. I would be. Uh, I'd be in big trouble there. Uh, if you that Brian, real quick. Do you what? What do you think will make them change in I, I, any so, of their markets? So,
3: I. I don't think. I don't think anything. Well, I don't think. I don't think much could happen in order to see that. It's a good question, though. But again, we'll talk with Vinny on this on Friday. We, we'll have Vinny in studio as we do for slow jamming. Every single Friday, but it just is jarring. It is very jarring to see the difference between betting in these new, putting into newer places, and here in Nevada. And again, not saying one is better than the other. Just it is very much different. All right, let's let's go back to the NBA Finals because I have I've not been here since this series has started. Uh, also, real quick, I know i I know I'm ten days late. Jimmy Butler is right to take that shot, even though he didn't make it. It wasn't right to make that shot. Uh, take that shot, I should say. Uh, so far, really, like I said to Drew, this series has been about two quarters for me, more than anything. It was the fourth quarter in game one where Boston decided not to miss shots, even though those looks were great, and, and Drew was right. Shot quality-wise, Boston deserved to win game one, and they took it. Awesome performance from Horford, an awesome performance from Derek White, Ooh, Derek, the Derek White revelation in this postseason has really been illogical, but guy's been awesome this whole postseason for the most part. And then game two was just, look, the Celtics did not have good shot selection in that first half to begin with. And then the contested shots started piling up, and Golden State made their shots, and it vaunted regular Golden State third quarter, which we've seen in both games so far in this series. Gets it done. Now I, I will say this heading back to Boston. It, this bettings, this series from a game to game perspective, to me on the side is almost almost a scenario where you're you're looking to only take points for me. I understand why Drew looks to take Boston in game three. This would be the one game that I would not bother with with that scenario of just taking points with the underdog and hoping these games are tight. Boston right now, three and a half at home after seeing Golden State as a three and a half, four point favorite for the most part in the first two games. I would be in the camp here. Also, the total two, twelve and a half. I, I don't want anything to do with sides for game three. Now, later in the series, I more than likely will probably start doing that again. I'll Probably take take whatever it ends up being in game four. If Golden State wins game three, then I'd be a little wary because I don't. I, I expect this series to go six or seven. I expect it to go six or, six or seven games. But you're in a spot now where Golden State clearly has the best player in this series, clearly. And I agree 100% with Drew. If Golden State is going to win the NBA title, Steph Curry's winning the MVP. So, taking the extra 15 cents on Curry at even money as opposed to a minus 115 series price, that I don't mind. I do agree with him also on not taking Tatum if you're going to take Boston instead of Boston, I should say. Even though I will say this remember, we're dealing with humans in the voting here. And. It kind of feels like everyone forgot Al Horford's big fourth quarter already from game one, especially the odds all the way back down to 41. I know they were north of 75-1 to before game one. But if Boston wins this series, and Drew made the point there, and he's right, all the hoopla around Jason Tatum's game one performance, where I thought Jason Tatum played okay. I didn't think he was great. Made it seem like it was an all-time great performance. Now, that also may be because I'm following too many Bostonians on my Twitter account. But it really does kind of feel like if Boston wins this series, you're ending up, again, when you're dealing with voted-on awards, narrative street is important here. As much as we don't want narrative street to matter at all in betting, and this is... Part of the reason that I don't love betting MVP markets except for a scenario like you had in a regular season where Nikola Jokic, you get the straw poll with a with, with a little over a month to go. Jokic is an underdog in the betting markets. 70% of that straw poll that Tim Bontemps at ESPN did had Jokic as their MVP. That's an automatic bet. We have information then. you can't get in the mind of humans. Now, there are situations with MVP markets and Cy Young markets where like last year, Shohei Ohtani was just so ridiculously dominant that, of course, Shohei Ohtani was winning the MVP of the American League. But in this scenario, where if it is close, unless if one of these role guys, unless if you can't deny Al Horford or let's say Marcus, let's say Marcus Smart has a huge last five games in this series, shuts down, shuts down in quotes, I should say, Steph Curry slows him down make some big buckets down the stretch around 15 a game. You can't get an ego Dallas situation from a few years ago with with Marcus smart. Now I'm not saying that would happen, but if he's clearly better than Jason Tatum, the last five games and more important to Boston winning a title. Then maybe Marcus smart would be the one to steal the award. Now I'm not saying bet Marcus smart. If you're going down the board, the only guy after the top two that I think has a shot is probably smart. Horford would have to do what he did in game one four more times or three more times in order to win it. And, of course, Derek White is not winning it. But when this is all said and done, if Boston wins the title, especially with the way this team is built, where it is, even though Tatum and Brown are clearly their two best players and all-stars, this is a team with a capital T. And usually when a situation like that happens, you're going to give it to the best player, even if they don't have the best series. So again, it's nice to have these derivatives during the series. Where in the past, obviously, and again, Nevada, we can't bet derivatives mid-series. Once the series starts, we can't bet it. But I would, I would really be considering a little more than Drew did. I know he didn't want Tatum at all. Curry, hundred percent. But I, I really do think if Tatum, especially now you have plus one thirty-five. Looks like guess Jalen Brown took money overnight. I would only be looking to bet Tatum in that finals market if I like Boston. Again, I'm not sure, sure who wins this series. These teams seem very even. Wouldn't shock me if Golden State wins in seven. Wouldn't shock me if Boston wins in six and wins the last three home games. Would like the games to be a little bit better than they've been. Game two is a dud. Game one. Ended up being a dud, despite it being a big comeback on that. When we come back, we're going to baseball. I have some thoughts, huh, ironically enough, on the NL MVP race. That's next. The numbers get.
4: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state of the art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, You'll find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Again, enter the bonus code. This is the most important part, folks. V-SIN 1000, that's VSIN1000. That's vsin one 0 0 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly gambling. problem 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional ava- uh, offer not available in Nevada. That's one other thing, too, that was very different. The amount of player props that are available. It is night and day. Night and day. That's really the big of all the things that I would like to see come here. Just continuing the conversation for uh, Nevada versus the newers, the newer jurisdictions player, like player props coming here would be be good for everyone. Like full scale player props. I'm not saying bring the same game parlay stuff like that. You don't need that. You don't need that. There are some things that would be good to to, to put the, the stack together, but you don't need to bring that in
2: here. Do you want like uncut gems? No, I don't uh, want, I don't want, I don't want, gems, I don't want props. Let's put it this Who's way. Who's going to win the first tip?
3: I don't want, I don't need Kevin Garnett to win the opening tip. I don't need Kevin Garnett to lead, win the opening tip. Uh, the funniest part about that whole movie, by the way, uh, happy you brought that up. Cause Brian, by the way, Brian, now, that's the voice of Brian Ortega, Mr. Vegas himself, who of, who of course was our Oscars expert, who did very well betting the Oscars. Oh yes. This year. Uh, the, the the most ridiculous part of that is that they casted Mike Frances as the bookie.
2: Oh hilarious. That's that the was, best part of the whole thing. Are you going to see the new one with it uh, with uh, Adam Sandler? Hustle? It Looks oh, great with the one of him being the basketball scout. Oh scat? yeah, it looks great. I'm I can't wait for it to come out so I can start the fantasy top 5 movie basketball. That's on uh,
3: Netflix only, right? Uh,
2: no, I think it's on Netflix but it's also coming out in theaters. Okay.
3: Okay. I still need to see Top Gun. That's one thing I
2: didn't do on vacation. Well, you, I, you need to get on it. It's the biggest movie in the world. I, I'll
3: get on it. I'm not worried about it. Even though I, again, usually uh, movies wise, I'm, I'm relatively uh slow, uh slow on that. Getting to the movie, uh, the movie theater, especially I've
2: seen it the, twice. Oh, well, I, I, you got to help Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's <laughs> yes. going to save movie yeah, theaters.
3: Yeah. Yes. Tom, Tom Cruise needs all the help he can get. Right. And that, that that's how that one works. Right. Uh, I want to move to baseball real quick. Uh, Mark Borchardt's coming up in the next segment. So we'll have plenty of baseball talk over the next few segments. But I, I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, our, our, Brian asked me during the break, and I, I'm going to need to say this, and I, I said this on the air last year on a nightcap with Tim Murray, and it it, it, it bit me in the behind because the Mets collapsed. The, uh, the, the, New York, the New York Mets, who, by the way, Despite half of Mets Twitter declaring them frauds after they lost the first two games against the Dodgers over the, we- uh, the beginning of the weekend, have won three straight and have the best record in the National League. The Yankees have the best record in the American League. That Subway series that we saw in 2000, we might have a shot again and again. Now, the Dodgers are awesome. The Dodgers are great. And you look at the division odds. The division odds, by the way, the Mets are you're laying $5 now. Bet him, Jim. Wow. Nine-game lead. That's 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 a little aggressive, but I definitely wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't want anyone else in that division. By the way, the Cardinals, if you can still get plus 225 on St. Louis to win the NL Central, if that's still there, I actually think that is worth a bite. I don't think the Brewers are that good. Padres plus 350. We go with the Dodgers minus 350. The Dodgers are winning the West. They're not losing that division for a second consecutive year. They're going to win the West. But, but, but to my point here, and I said we were talking about MVP races here, and we're going to talk about this with Borchardt as well. And I'm curious what his numbers have to say. But narrative street that I've, I was mentioning before, in the MVP markets, I think it's going to matter in baseball. And I think it's gonna and I think it's gonna matter in both leagues. Looking at the AL first, where Aaron Judge is now your betting favorite for the first time over Shohei, where I actually think that's completely right. And I'm a little surprised Judge is not shorter. Judge has been better than Otani through two months. I don't think we can argue that. When you look at Otani at this point where after a, a, an unbelievable start, unbelievable start pitching, he has slowed down, has had, really had a horrible start uh, his last time out. By the way, the Angels have somehow lost 11 straight games, which should not happen when you have Otani and Trout on your team. I know Trout is mired in this disaster slump right now. But even Otani's offense is down, which is a little bit alarming. Otani right now, You're looking at an OPS under 800. Now when you're not sniffing the MVP with that. So I, if the yankees and I'll just say this, if the Yankees end up with the best record in the American league, which right now, the Yankees sit at 39 and 15 through 54 games, have a seven game lead on Toronto, who by the way, the blue Jays finally hitting with runners in scoring position. That's why their season is flipped to the positive. Have the best record in the AL by four and a half over the Astros, who just keep winning and now have a huge lead over the Angels because the Angels forgot how to play baseball. Aaron Judge is winning the AL MVP, especially if he stays healthy. And then on the NL side, which this race is a lot more complicated because you're dealing with, to me, you're dealing with five guys who can legitimately win the award at this moment. Mookie Betts, which, by the way, good call by our guy, our guy Jason Weingarten, who said betted at 20 to one. He's now your betting favorite at plus 290. These are all courtesy of BetMGM. Manny Machado, who was the rightful favorite through about five weeks of the season, is now your second favorite, goal, Paul Goldschmidt. Who, by the way, whoever said Paul Goldschmidt was on the decline yet. Yeah. not count our chickens on that one. Guy can still play, plus 425. Pete Alonzo at 8-1, eight, eight and then Bryce Harper at 9-1. I would throw Harper in there saying that he still has a shot to win this award. By the way, Alonzo was 11-1. That was just as of yesterday. So this has moved pretty, pretty quickly over the last day. And I'll say this with Alonzo, and this is going into na- the narrative deal of this, and this is why betting these awards, especially when it is close, and this race looks like it will be close for a while, if not all the way to the end of the year. If the Mets, let's say lead the NL and wins, get the number one seed, win over hundred games for the first time since the eighties. And Pete Alonzo, who again is leading the, um, leading the world in RBI, which I understand is not the best way to determine an MVP far from it. But you're at a point where if the Mets have the best record in the NL and it is close between Let's say Alonzo and Betts would be the one more than anything. If it's close between Alonzo and Harper, Alonzo will win because the narrative there and also Harper won it last year, maybe have a little voter fatigue. Same deal with Goldschmidt. If it's close, I think you, you lean Alonzo. Machado, a little more complicated, especially the Padres make the playoffs and Tatis misses a lot of time, which he's already missed a good chunk of time. But if it's close between Betts and Alonzo, that's the one that I would be intrigued to see how it plays out. But right now, if you're betting at betting at bet MGM, and this is, these odds are basically what they are in most places that are offering MVP odds right now, you can get Alonzo eight to one, nine to one. I think you take a little, little piece—not a big piece, but a little piece of that. Also, as you look on the board, the only guys who are who are further down the board that I think are worth even a possibility would be Ronald Acuna. Because if the Braves get back into this thing, it'll be because Acuna goes off. Braves right now, underachievers so far this year. But kind of, let's be real. That's what happened with them last year, and they won the World Series. Braves right now, a game over five hundred nine back of the Mets in the NL East, and they are right now team number seven in the wild card race, so just behind the Giants. But that would be the only name I would look at on that right side of the screen. You can actually get 30-1 to one now on Ronald Acuna. How did they I know we had that great great start, but how CJ? How did CJ Crohn get down to 25 to one? Because a guy that, that that is not fully known as well as the other guys on this list, playing on a team that's going to finish in last place in a division can have a chance of winning the MVP. Come on. You bet Crone, you wasted your money on that one. Really it, really just looking at the at the current odds, the the guys on the Braves are the guys that you could look at. Because if they get back into the mix, it's going to be because more than likely Acuna. But it wouldn't shock me if it was on the on the shoulders of Austin Riley or Matt Olsen, who are both 50 to 1 right now. If you're looking further down the board, that would be the only thing I'm looking to do there on the NL MVP race. Mark Borchert's coming up next. We'll get his thoughts on all the award on what the, where he has the award standing? Here on the 7th of June, on a numbers game, B Cent.